0: Hey, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. Scott Luton and special guest host Crystal Davis here with you on Supply Chain Now. Welcome to today's show. Crystal, how are you doing?
2: Scott, I am fabulous. It's Friday Eve, somewhere in the world. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and An
2: almost happy hour time.
0: Oh, that's right.
2: In the world. I'm fabulous. And well, I'm happy to be here with you today.
0: I, I, we are uh, delighted. And not only I get a uh, co-host conversation with you here today, but we've got a great guest, right? We've got a great conversation teed up with a business leader, Crystal, doing big things in the chemical logistics space, right? So stay tuned uh, to all of our listeners as we dive into a really interesting conversation. It's going to offer a variety of helpful insights and expertise. Okay, so Crystal, are you ready for the show?
2: I am absolutely ready for this show. I'm super excited to talk with our guest and learn about uh, all that he has to share with us.
0: Man, you know what? We might need seven hours. At a minimum, uh, if we're going to learn everything, or maybe fourteen, who knows? But to your point, I am as well. And on that note, I want to bring in our featured guest, Mike Skinner, Vice President, CLX Technologies, which is part of the CLX Logistics family. Mike, how you doing? Doing great, Scott. Thanks. Glad so be you. Here. Well, great to have you here, Mike. And and as Crystal was just saying, if we had to set aside time to take in everything, you know, we might be here for for weeks, huh? I've been doing this for a
1: long time, Scott. So, uh, yeah, you don't want to know all the stories, and uh, I don't think we have time to tell them all.
0: Oh, <laughs> okay. Well, I'll tell you, I, by that answer, Crystal, I can tell Mike there's lots of kindred spirits here, Crystal, so he's going to fit right in. So, Crystal, we're going to start uh, with Mike Skinner here. We're going to start by learning about some rowing. Now, Crystal, I don't know about you. When I think of the word rowing, man, I think I just shed a couple pounds just thinking about uh, – <laughs> All the work that's involved, absolutely. right?
2: Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. I have one of those hydro row machines, and boy, you talk about a great workout. Okay, in a amount of time. Well, so I'm excited to hear what Mike has to say about his rowing experience.
0: Well, Crystal, you and Mike have something in common. Then I'm, I, I guess, I'm the one out in the cold. So, Mike, tell us. You took up rowing a few years back. Tell us about what what got you into rowing, and any lessons learned that you think might apply to business
1: yeah, sure. Um, it actually goes way back. My freshman um, college roommate uh, was a rower. And uh, in fact, I had two roommates that were rowers, uh, two of w- both of which have remained very good friends of mine ever since then. And then uh, coincidentally, my son got into rowing in college. He rowed uh, at the Naval Academy on the lightweight rowing team. And so I've always been uh, kind of close to the sport, interested in it. I've always been a bit of an endurance athlete. I've done a lot of, you know, running and and um, obstacle course races
0: and, and that kind of thing. And Crystal, that comes into play really well in global supply chain these days. Am I right, Crystal?
2: Absolutely. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, so Mike, you've always been in kind of the endurance uh, sports, as you were saying indeed yeah yeah and in
1: fact like crystal i'd spent a lot of time on my rowing machine in the basement uh, but never actually got in a boat so uh finally a couple of years ago my uh my my college roommate convinced me to join a boat club here in philadelphia it's a big sport here uh so a lot of op- opportunities for it and uh man was that a lesson in humility <clears throat> i can uh, imagine because- as, as as i've been in very good shape all that time but getting a uh, getting your your blades to uh, to push the boat in conjunction with uh three other guys or one other guy or seven other guys in the boat is uh is uh, a challenge to say the least so just keeping uh keeping dry is hard enough and <laughs> getting get, get, getting the boat to move quickly is uh it's, it's a uh, it really interesting challenge in uh, just coordination and balance, and uh, but a lot of fun learning. So I've been having a blast with it.
0: I love that. And, and Crystal, I'm hearing all kinds of, uh, just in the short response there, all kinds of uh, business lessons learned, you know, balance and, and collaboration and alignment. Am I right, Crystal?
2: Absolutely. And coordination of steps. And, uh, you know, uh, there's a great picture of a rowing team that represents teamwork. Okay. And so think about that also when you think about uh the the power of rowing.
0: Okay.
1: All right. And in fact, one of the better books I've read in the last 10 years is called Boys in the Boat and talk about teamwork and hard work and you know digging down to pull everything you've got out of your gut to make something happen along with a group of other people is uh, it's a really fantastic book highly
0: recommended. Okay. Boys in the boat. I'm going to check that out. Um, all right. So we got a lot of good stuff to get to, uh, uh, Mike, but before we do Mike and crystal, I want to talk about this. I read something, uh, I think on y'all's website, y'all, uh, to our listeners, clxlogistics.com. You can check it out. And we'll, we'll talk more about that in a minute, but Mike, what do you believe is the most reliable antidote to email?
1: Uh, for me, as you might've guessed is uh, it's sweating. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, uh, like I said, I've spent a lot of time uh, uh, working out and, and getting outside and, and sweating. And I have to say that um, if I'm able to uh, to think about a few different things during a long day or a long week or a long travel period and uh, get my mind on what I might be doing after work uh, or on the weekend, uh, it's a big help. So uh, really enjoy uh, getting out there and uh, and 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 sweating it out, if you will.
0: I love that. Uh, but Crystal, I got to tell you uh where my mind went was kind of where you opened with was happy hour i was thinking a a nice cold (laughs) glass of wine i don't know yes (laughs) crystal i am not opposed to a manhattan after work okay well then we got it crystal i said wine. he said manhattan you're
2: you know what i have become a bourbon girl okay Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. all right recently so i'm i'm there
1: okay gotta gotta try a manhattan one of these days soon crystal
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah. So, all right. So you're, you're really making me thirsty. We're going to have, to have this conversation in person next time. And <laughs> as we talk about global supply chain and leadership and a lot more. Um, all right. So, Mike, thank you for sharing a little more about uh, who you are and kind of your worldview there. I want to move us uh, right ahead and I want to talk about your professional journey. So, uh, Mike, you know, uh, kind of going back to wh- how we opened. We'd need hours and hours to really, really unpack everything. But, you know, what were a couple of your leadership positions that you held prior to your role at, at CLX, which you joined in 2001, or a couple of positions that really impacted your worldview and who you are?
1: Yeah, I would say uh, I came right out of school and right into consultant. Uh, I was an engineer uh, in in school and went uh, with a consulting firm in Atlanta called Kurt Solomon Associates. And um, had the great benefit of a really strong leadership development program there, uh, so learned a lot about um, about being confident in meetings and 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 carrying yourself through challenging situations without without breaking down in front of the customer, uh, but also about humility. Uh, right, and one of the most important things I learned uh, in that early job was. Uh, it's always okay and in fact, very important to admit that you don't know the answers. right? So much more important than uh, barreling through and and uh, and faking it, right mm. um, the, the the other the other big lesson I learned there and this was my first uh, big presentation to sort of the c level C-suite level group of folks in one of the companies we did some consulting for. and it, it was um, avoid superlatives. Right. You, you really take a lot out of your message when you start saying something is imperative and the most important and critical and and. Right. It's much better to back up your points with substance than with than with flourish, if you will.
0: Mike, I love that. And I love how reflective you are as you look back. Uh, Chris, I'll get you to weigh in there because I bet he's talking some of your language and I was talking some of mine. Your thoughts on those critical lessons learned.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I love, Mike, that you mentioned the part about being honest about not knowing all the answers as a leader. Um, I find particularly now that that's a challenge for a lot of leaders, but um, what I tell them is it invites the talent that they have on their team to become part of the solution rather than dumping all the problems on the leader. So I'm so happy to hear
0: Mm. you mention that. Very very genuine, and And, you know, I tend to I tend to trust people more that will just give us that plain speak and tell us when they know something and tell us when they don't know something and the other thing i want to point out mike that i loved in your response there is avoiding superlatives now i've got three three kids and uh you know we've we've had that chat about avoiding superlatives because everything is like this is the worst day ever this is the biggest problem ever this is insert the word and you know in particular in organizations you know, in any decade, in any year, in any, any week, you know, there's always been disruption and we can't give in, Mike, get your thoughts here. We can't give in to admiring the problem, right. And complimenting the problem and then and being in awe of the problem because we don't get around to do anything about it. And it's overwhelming, too overwhelming to take those first few steps. So, Mike, before we move on, your thought, any, any uh, response there? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, I find
1: um, you know, having the great benefit of having a team that I've been working with um, in my group for a long period of time, and having really strong collaboration and trust between all of us. Um, you know, we're we're able to when we're faced with very challenging problems, um, whether it be domestically or globally, or trying to implement something in Asia or what have you. Uh, we run across a lot of really challenging situations, and we're able to collaborate, and sit back, and listen to each other, and get valuable input from all members of the team, both on the you know on my team as well as the customers' team. And not really expect and anticipate that any's going anybody's going to step up with all of the answers. Uh, and it really makes for I guess a couple of things: one, a uh, just a, a really fun environment to be working in. And two, one that gets to gets the job done. You know, typically we do find our way through and around problems uh, by working together and, and collaborating.
0: Yeah, good stuff there, Mike. So much good stuff. And you know, you've been, as I mentioned, you've been with CLX since two thousand one. We're going to dive into that uh, wholeheartedly in just a second. But before we do, Crystal, one of the things that Mike just shared there before I move on is, um, you know, getting everybody in the room together, right? Some folks, some personalities. You know they're gonna they're gonna tell you everything, but how important is it, Crystal, to some of those folks that may be more uh, introverted, they may be quieter? How important is it to kind of call time out as a leader and make sure they are sharing their their brilliance as well? Yeah,
2: it's absolutely important to make sure that you um, you pause to invite them into the conversation um, to make sure that they're able to share their perspective, and quite often, um, you know, those who are more comfortable, you know, maybe even slightly dominating the conversation. Right,
0: right. There are Um, those out there that do that.
2: Right. You know, they can can kind of push their perspective or perception of the problem off on others. And those introverts might bring new insights, but sometimes you have to invite them to the conversation. So excellent point.
0: Crystal. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Um, All right. So, but Mike, I want to get back to the CLX story. So I want to I want to level set with our listeners for starters. So if you would, Mike, tell us more about CLX Logistics and of course CLX Technologies.
1: Yeah, sure, sure. So CLX Logistics is kind of writ large a broad service, broad um, suite of services, um, sorry, broad logistics services provider. Right. So we run the gamut from our original uh, mission, which was to be a three PL, four PL. Uh, to the to the chemical industry so we do manage transportation we take over everything from you know procurement all the way through day-to-day execution um, you know track and trace shipments freight payment and the whole thing but then over the years we um, realized that a lot of shippers especially in the chemical industry want to keep that expertise in-house right to keep that domain expertise in-house to make sure that they're handling logistics. Uh, the way they see fit, the way that their customers really need them to. And so it really forced us or pushed us to um, expand our services and to get a lot more flexible with regard to how we engage with our chemical industry customers. Uh, So one of of which was to uh, start offering, selling, implementing the technology that we were using in-house to shippers to use on their own behalf Um, We also, over the years, developed a lot of data or gathered a lot of data in the industry. So we ended up with a a really strong database of transportation, carriers and rates and service levels and so forth. And so that created an opportunity for us to help shippers really benchmark their freight costs, their service levels with their carriers. So that created a whole continuous improvement and analytics team uh that has been really strong for us over the past many years uh we've also added an international freight forwarding service we've gone global we bought a company in europe about 10 years ago so we have presence there as well so it's been a really interesting journey uh you know from the beginning of really just being a 3pl to now being really a full uh, full service uh, logistics uh, offering
0: mike sounds like business has been great uh, great at clx and i love how as y'all built internal expertise your customers have wanted more and more of that's one of the things i heard there crystal how about you
2: absolutely and i love how you've been able to leverage data to help them make better decisions and to uh to be smarter mm. right to be to be that um center of influence from from that perspective as well
1: yeah it was, a, it was a really interesting
2: um
1: path that we went down we you know for years had been selling and you know we had lots of shippers using our technology and gathering just thousands and thousands and millions of lines of uh, data on a daily and monthly basis. And then we hired a guy, um, to come in and really mine that data. And that, that just took off and exploded, you know, mm-hmm. to, to where we're now uh, an industry thought leader in a lot of ways in terms of, uh, transportation and logistics.
0: Agreed, and especially uh, in the chemical space, which we're going to talk more in just a second about. It. If you would, uh, Mike, level set about your role in particular at CLX.
1: Yes, we have sort of three core businesses. We have our managed transportation business. Uh, we have our technology business, uh, which is the, the company or the business unit that I run. Uh, and so we are selling and implementing the technology or transportation solutions Uh, for shippers to use on their own behalf and then we also support our managed transportation business and then on the third on the third side we have our analytics and uh, continuous improvement consulting team
0: Mm. outstanding man uh three powerful um uh, uh aspects of the business that that probably Combine and collectively form quite a punch, which is uh, no wonder y'all been growing left and right, expanding to every corner of the universe. All right, let's talk about um, CLX Global TMS. And and some of our listeners out there, you know, transportation management system. You know, we love our acronyms here in supply chain, right? Crystal,
2: you gotta have them. <laughs> I
0: gotta, gotta <laughs> have them. That's right. So, uh, Mike, tell us tell us about uh, y'all's TMS, how it's different and give us a couple of examples of of folks that have been using it.
1: Sure, yeah, so way back in the day, we made the decision not to build our own. So we partnered with a company that um, ultimately was acquired by a company called E2Open. Uh, E2Open is a global logistics and supply chain technology provider. They were born in the the electronics industry about 25 years ago and, and grew from there. Um, So, we are E2Open's go-to-market partner for their transportation solutions in the chemical industry. Uh, So, we've been implementing uh, their technology, like like we've said, for about 20 years for chemical manufacturers and distributors uh, to help them with their planning and optimization and execution of all their transportation activities. in the in the chemical industry um, even more so than most industries it, the chemical industry is just global in nature mm. because of the high uh, investment in assets that are required to refine chemicals uh, those assets tend to get um, get utilized for distribution around the world and so most of our customers are are truly global so they took us from being primarily north american operation in the early 2000s, into kind of 2010 and 12 timeframe, we started going global into Europe and into Asia, and then broadening out from road freight into ocean freight, uh, and uh, also into rail, and you know bringing our technology partner along with us on that ride.
0: Uh, and and going back, I want to go back to uh, E2 Open because as, as much as CLX has been on uh, quite a streak, uh, Crystal E2 Open has uh, <laughs> they've been doing pretty good too, huh?
2: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Excellent.
0: Excellent. So, so um, let's. So tell us um, anything else you want to add, Mike, in terms of differentiation, right? And then mm-hmm. any examples that you want to share uh, about some of the folks you are working with as it relates to your TMS?
1: Yeah, sure. Right. So I guess in terms of differentiation, I think really just two primary things. Yep. You, we were lucky to choose the right horse. Right. So E2Open. Um, has uh, really developed the strongest um, on-demand TMS platform also connected to a variety of their other applications for global trade and uh, supply chain planning, demand planning, and so forth. So we were lucky to to, to choose the right horse that ended up uh, kind of in the leadership quadrant there, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And then also uh, having done this for 20 years in the chemical space, we've done a lot to make sure that the solution works for chemical manufacturers who are shipping bulk transportation, bulk containers, rail cars full of stuff, as well as hazardous chemicals, and also, you know, buckets and pails and pallets of things, right? So it's a very wide variety uh, and a complex array of transportation needs that a chemical manufacturer has. And so this combination really has helped us differentiate when we go into to uh, talk to shippers about what we can do for them.
0: All right. Uh, and before you share some of those examples, Crystal, it sounds like uh, when we go to Vegas next, we got to take Mike with us. Is that right, Crystal?
2: bet on the bet on the right <laughs> horse. <laughs> I, mean, I love that. I I love how that worked out, and how you can you guys didn't try to make that your core competency, but you took your core competency and elevated the tool. So I really like that. Mm.
0: Uh, and red nineteen listeners, red nineteen. If you're at the roulette table, <laughs> uh, if that that's gonna hit. Uh, all there. right, so Mike give us some examples of some of the folks uh, that y'all been working with when it comes to your uh, TMS.
1: Yeah, sure. So um, it, also the chemical industry is extremely diverse in terms of, you know, big, small and everything in between, right? We've got uh, we've got customers that are making highly refined uh, flavors and fragrances that are relatively small shippers moving, you know, 10 or 15 or 20,000 shipments a year. Uh, some of it just domestic, uh, and then we've got some, you know, um, major major players uh, in in the sort of tier one category of global manufacturers. They're in the sort of fifteen billion to twenty billion dollars in revenues. Uh, they are truly global. They're moving freight in all four major uh, geographic regions and and ocean freight around the world. Uh, so, uh, really, really highly diverse array of shippers. And it's one of the, I think, one of the real advantages that we've had using an on-demand TMS through all of that, mm. you know, because we are able to um, scale down and scale up uh, when it comes to sort of the level of complexity and also the budget of these different shippers, um, having a wide, kind of a wide array of, of needs and,
0: and, and, and available money to spend on these kinds of solutions. Mm. So uh, re- really, I mean, it's, it's good to be in the E2 open. Ecosystem, right? We've, we've established that, but given how long y'all have been active in, to your point, a highly diverse uh, global chemicals industry and, and businesses of all size. it's. It, I mean, why not uh, give Mike and the CLX team a call? Crystal, what else did you hear there before we move on?
2: Well, the one thing I like is the ability to support small, smaller businesses, mid-sized businesses, and those larger uh, global. Uh, organizations so to have that kind of of breadth across you know the spectrum is tremendous and then i'll say the the other thing is to be again that single point uh source for shippers particularly when there were so many uh challenges with getting uh drivers and uh all sorts of things that were happening in that space so for a small business to have a partnership like that where you've got the data and the shippers i think perfect solution.
0: Yeah.
1: That's a really good point, Crystal. And it's, it's where we've been able to um, help our customers, not just use the system, but then also to add um, capability and resources around those solutions that are critical, right? Mm. Because some of these small companies, a lot of them are spinoffs. Absolutely. A lot of them are spun off from some of these major companies and they end up with kind of a third of a logistics department, Mm -hmm. right? So they need Technology, but they also need a procurement guy, or an LTL specialist, right. or a bulk specialist, right? Or some analytical support, right? So, it's been a, it's been a really um, kind of a nice um, opportunity for us to add those value added
0: services too. Mm. So, yeah. uh, and and Chris, I love that your first part of your response there—that dynamic ability—it sounds like uh, CLX can grow right alongside as as organizations continue to grow and need different things. Yeah. Uh, All right, so Mike, we have talked a lot about CLX to this point, right? So folks should have a really good uh, grasp for um, all the different reasons why they should give you and your team a call. I want to switch gears here because I want to leverage your expertise, and of course, crystals, uh, when it comes to selecting a TMS. Some of our listeners may be in that process now. So if we think about, and there's a lot more than three, but if we think about three really important criteria for successfully selecting the right TMS, what would that be, Mike? What would those two things be? Yeah, I, I
1: guess I would. I would. I would first say, um, I think every shipper needs one, right? Um, you know, transportation, you know, is is your final leg to your customer, right? So it's it's the final thing that happens after you put all that investment in making the right product developing the right designs making everything work perfectly it's the last it's the last view that your customer has of that physical process of you getting them the the product mm. it's usually handled by somebody else right you know there, sure a lot of shippers have their own fleets but more often than not that product is being delivered by somebody not your employee right so and then on top of that you've just got so many different options for getting product from A to B, from you know, from one customer to the next. And there's a lot of variability and a lot of um, variables in that process. So having some kind of control over that
0: process, I think, is is critical. Yeah, you know, Having that degree of control. So, the, so, Mike, the first one is have one. Yeah. Because <laughs> right. yeah, that's, that. that's a great point. All the resources, all the blood, sweat, and tears that go into making a product Crystal, that folks are proud of, we don't want to let that uh, the, the shipping journey and that final mile have all that waste, right? Crystal.
2: Oh my God, uh, Mike! I'm so happy that you said that because I can't tell you the amount of times I tell clients product just doesn't magically jump in a box, mm. end up at your customer. There is a lot between that final stage and getting there that you that they a lot of them don't pay attention to.
0: Mm. So, Mike, uh, the first one is, hey, there's value and there's a compelling value for having one. What else do you want to share when it comes to selecting the right TMS?
1: Um, I, I This is probably a little bit hyperbolic, but know thyself. right? Okay. <laughs> um, the One of the things that we recognize early on in a lot of our projects is that customers, to a varying degree, have figured out what they need. Right, um, there are there are TMS solutions in the market that are really well designed for, you know, domestic road freight, LTL and truckload road freight, and they do pretty much everything you're going to need if that's all you've got and you don't have a lot of complications. Uh, and then there are the big guys that do everything you might ever want to do on a global scale, right? Moving stuff across continents, merging in transit. Uh, optimization across the water, et cetera, et cetera. Right. So one of the things that Gartner does a really good job of is kind of scaling and ranking those TMS solutions kind of against each other. But, but there's a next level of detail that any given shipper really needs to take a look at. And that is how do I match my needs with a TMS that's scaled for my needs? Right. And really is going to meet those needs. Hmm. It's not an easy, it's not an easy set of, uh, challenges, but, um, but it's really understanding what it is you're trying to get done, and and yes, there is a, there is a TMS that can meet your needs both in terms of capabilities and
0: cost and effort. Yeah, Mike, really good point, and I think that's that's it's a universal good point. Because uh, Crystal, I think uh, whether you're business leaders in the C you know C suite, or you're a founder, or a practitioner, or any part of the organization. We can, uh, based on what we do day to day, we can make certain assumptions about who we are and what our strengths are, what our weaknesses are, you know, and and as Mike said, know thyself. There's power in that. Right, Crystal?
2: Oh, I love that, Scott. And you are spot on. Like, it's really important that that teams take the time to, to figure that part out.
0: Mm, that's right. Um, yeah. Okay. So have one, number one, and we may be getting a bonus one. That's perfectly fine, Mike. Uh, this is goodness here. Have, one, have a TMS. Know thyself, which is gonna help fuel a more accurate and successful selection process. What's number three?
1: Um, I'm, I'm gonna kind of take this a little bit of a different direction, Scott, if you don't mind. Sure, but, please. You know, so it's, I think number three is, um, it's kind of a combination of two things. And it's, um, um, it's think about the thinking about the implementation, right? Um, implementing a TMS um, is not rocket science. Um, It is not easy either. Right. Um, But when it comes to kind of knowing and understanding your requirements and therefore picking out a TMS that's going to meet your needs, thinking towards and forward at the implementation, how are you going to get that done, I think is, uh, you know, is, is one of the most important critical success factors. Um, and, and again, we've been doing this for a long, long time and we've worked with shippers of all different sizes and capabilities. And, and I think that one of the things that we've seen, uh, driving the greatest level of success is a company that has a good understanding of how they're going to get the system deployed. Mm. Um, and that can run the gamut as well, right? There are TMS solutions that are essentially kind of self-help do, you know, roll your own uh you know, you get the set of instructions in the user manual and you go and some companies are able to do that uh, and then there are others where you're buying a system from one of the bigs and then you're bringing in a you know a systems integrator like an Accenture or PwC or somebody else with you know a big team of sophisticated consultants that are going to drive change management and you know all of the other aspects of the project and so you know, a, a shipper, a customer really needs to understand how they're going to get that that effort done. Uh, and I think there's some really key and very important aspects of that, uh, so we can talk about that a bit uh, if you want to.
0: Well, you know, I think at at uh, at a higher level, I love this uh, this point here because um, you know the aftercare comes to mind. I know that might be more of a healthcare term, but after you implement. Right. After you work with someone who's going to be there for the aftercare and making sure that uh, it drives optimization, it drives ad- adoption. So we're really making the most of the return on investment. And and I think to your point, Mike, uh, evaluating implementation before you get there and, and what are the strengths and, and weaknesses and all points in between of, of the different um, options you're considering. Crystal, you're uh, nodding your head. What else would you add to that?
2: Yeah, I think the other things that I would add is um uh you're spot on there mike intake in terms of taking the time to really know your requirements so many companies will get the technology solution but they don't understand all the various modules that could help them mm. and so they don't turn them on or they don't have the data set up properly to leverage those or even the training there and uh it's very interesting you know when you tell people you actually have a tool that could help you tremendously but you're not leveraging that in the technology mm. Um, and then tap to, to try to backtrack to how they set up the, uh, the structure or the master data. It's, it's overwhelming for many companies. So they don't want to do it.
0: <laughs> That's you know? right. Absolutely. Yeah. So, Mike, you offered up, Crystal, excellent point. Excellent point. Uh, and we don't want to set ourselves up to have to backtrack, backslide, or anything else. Uh, so, Mike, you offered a little tease there. And so before we move forward, you offered a little bit more. Uh, perspective on this whole selection process. What else would you add before we move on to what's next?
1: I uh, didn't have anything else on the selection process. Oh,
0: okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. I, I might've, might've misled you with a tease. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> hey, I, I misinterpret things all the time. I, I do it for a living. <laughs> hey, but let's talk about, um, let's talk about the chemical industry. Right. And when it comes to, let's, let's, let's look at that wrinkle when it comes to selecting technology solutions. What is so unique about the chemical industry, uh, industry beyond what you've already shared?
1: Um, yeah, I think a couple of things. Uh, one is the, just the diversity of transportation requirements, right? So in consumer goods and retail and, you know, in the large majority of, of transportation scenarios, you know, you're moving boxes on pallets, right? Um, chemical manufacturers we've got customers that are so highly diversified that they are in some cases shipping a pail or a drum on a pallet uh, they're shipping truckloads of stuff to customers um, they are moving parcel for samples they are moving rail cars full of product uh, ocean containers and bulk you know bulk marine containers right so it really literally is every, Every conceivable mode of transportation, including air cargo, in fact, um, uh, across the gamut. So, um, knowing and understanding that level of complexity is um, is really important. As you go into you know things like business process design, right? Gathering requirements across an organization with that kind of complexity requires a lot of due diligence and a lot of um, uh, just a lot of hard work to make sure you're understanding all of those uh, scenarios and parameters around which what's going to make a, a shipper successful uh, ultimately in a, in a business process design mm. and then in developing the solution and doing a full gamut of testing in order to be successful and go live.
0: And Crystal, um, I'll add to what Mike just shared there. You really want to work with customized providers that know yeah. the industry that you're in is, is, is certainly one of the things flashing lights at me right now Crystal, your thoughts
2: yeah my thoughts uh there are um to to have someone that understands the industry particularly one that's very uh particular uh high formulations in some cases a lot of temperature requirements in some cases um you know not able to to double stack and do those types of things and so having someone that understands those nuances mm. Is very important because that's mostly a lot of uh, really expensive product as well.
0: Mm. Mm. Excellent point. Excellent point. Uh, okay, so uh, Mike, want to keep driving here? Uh, I want to ask you about uh, new developments. And uh, so you've been, you know, you've been there and done that. Uh, and we're gonna have to have you back for another episode to talk more because you know you've been uh, at CLX alone for twenty one years, right? And we're breaking our two decade rule, Mike. I don't know if you know this. No, Crystal does. We don't. We never say more than two decades, right? But we're breaking that here a little bit. Um, but you've been doing this for a long time at CLX alone, and, and of course, that doesn't account for all the other things you've done in the industry. But when it comes to new stuff, new developments with transportation solutions that you're finding shippers are really excited about and interested in, what comes to mind, Mike?
1: Well, of course, the the, the number one um, uh, new development is is visibility. Um, you know, and and that's that's got a lot of traction and has um, has evolved um, pretty effectively, but there are still a lot of gaps and unknowns when it comes to visibility. Right, so you've got uh, companies like Project 44 and Four Kites and uh, and Shipio and and others. E2Open were working with uh, their partner Shipio for visibility. Um, the capabilities there are fantastic. Right. You know, when when all of that comes together and uh, all of the uh, all, all of the bits and pieces and uh, and stray yarns are woven together for visibility. Yeah, we can get absolute down to the minute track and trace of all the stuff we're shipping. Right. Mm. Um, but it's not it's not easy. Uh, and so um, so, you know, I think in terms of you know what's new and kind of lessons learned, visibility and tracking is better than it's ever been. But be ready for the journey. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it is, uh, it takes, it takes work and effort. You still do have to get your TMS talking to the tracking providers and your tracking providers, talking to the carriers and the carriers communicating back, communicating back right? So all of those uh, aspects need to come together. Uh, when it happens, it's uh it's a beautiful thing, but it does take some time and effort and sweat equity.
0: Unless Mike and Crystal, unless for the, for the few folks out there to have magic wands. Crystal, you, <laughs> I think they're in short supply. Have been forever. Uh, Crystal, speak to that. Uh, yeah, I love that. You know, Mike, you uh, the, the we're big fans. I am cheesy. It is I know of nicknames here, and uh, you you've earned uh, your Mister Keep It Real, right? Because that it, it, there is a lot of authenticity and uh, and and just keeping it real in the perspective you're sharing, Crystal get ready for the journey. It doesn't happen overnight. It's not easy. There's going to be some tough days, but working together we can do it. Crystal, your thoughts.
2: Yeah, you know, I I I love this. I get excited about this kind of stuff and and all of the possibilities when you have more information what you can do on the other side to continuously improve to uh optimize routes to speed up deliveries, etc. Um but I'm curious I'm curious also about with all of the pressures of the last few years, how resilient people are to actually get ready for this journey—that's mm-hmm. one of the things that I'm very curious about.
0: Any thoughts, Sir Mike? My- yeah, yeah. I,
1: I was at a, a conference in uh, Barcelona a couple weeks ago, a logistics uh, conference with E2 Open, and and uh, and that that was one of the, um, the, the the greatest highlights and threads throughout the conference was. You know what are we doing to make our supply chains more resilient, um, and you know it's it's sparked a lot of conversation internally, and, and we've been having these conversations uh, before, but it really is starting to come um, you know, more front and center, and, and that is you know as we are designing you know future state business processes and integrating between ERP and TMS and the carriers and building out you know ocean routes with multiple legs and integrations with freight forwarders and you know all of those kind of connection points you know what are we doing and what can we do to help help our customers and shippers be more resilient and and be able to react to you know things like rolled bookings and i can't get space on a container and or all of a sudden there's all kinds of space available and am I taking taking advantage of uh, lower rates in the market? And am I being flexible in that in that sense? And and so uh, I we certainly don't have all the answers on that, but um, that is uh, absolutely uh, starting to make its way into a, in a lot more of our conversations with regard to you know solution design, testing, and and getting live. Yep.
0: Uh yeah. Mike, Crystal, excellent excellent remark and question. And Mike, I really appreciate you sharing that. Um, but I'll tell you all, you know, this is uh, if folks want. Some of the magic formula for finding more supply chain resilience, here's a piece of it, big piece of the puzzle. Put your people in position, empower them to be successful, give them the tools they need, the support they need, the decision-making ability they need. Uh, to make better decisions faster and and feel like part of the team. So that can mean a lot of different things, a lot of different leaders listening. But um, at time and time again, uh, I, I see the truths of that simple, universal element of business leadership uh, raising its head day in and day out. So, you know, the other thing, the other corollary perhaps of that, Mike and Crystal, is don't do it to your people, do it with your people. Right, Crystal? Amen. (laughs) (laughs) All right,
1: Scott, It's it's really um, it's a really interesting point. It's one of the things that that um, that we've really seen over the years uh, of doing these uh, projects with customers, and that is the most successful implementations, the most boring go lives. You know, happen when we have an internal champion who has been empowered to get this job done and really kind of owns and takes ownership and is excited by making this solution work for their company. Um, you know, we can do all we can to come in and push the buttons and, and, uh, and, and drive, drive the bus and all that, but, you know, we're never successful more so than when the customer has that empowered internal champion who really is taking ownership of the project.
0: Mm-hmm. I love that. And Crystal, did you hear the exciting word that Mike used there? Folks, don't sleep on boring. It is good to be boring in global supply chain. Crystal, am I right?
2: You are absolutely right. And I guarantee we've had enough excitement over the last few years <laughs> in supply chain. We could use some boredom. <laughs> I
0: am with you. I am with you. I'll tell you what. And and you know, on the flip side of that, it is an exciting time to be in global supply chain uh industry. You know, I think uh hopefully, hopefully, Mike and Crystal. We've learned a lot of tough lessons, and but but hopefully we're putting them into action, and we're not forgetting them, and we're going to have really long memories, so that when we think, folks, we're not going back to normal, you know things, that, and and disruption is not over. Supply chain management is disruption. The managing disruption, uh, you got more curveballs. I promise you, coming around the next turn. So, Mike, um, before I shift gears, because I want to talk about um, something I I saw that you wrote. Um, Uh, prior to today's interview, I want to ask you about that but before i shift gears to that as we start coming down the home stretch anything else you want to touch on in terms of the cool things you are doing at clx logistics and clx technologies or if you want to touch on what uh, chris just shared there you know we had plenty of excitement we'd love for some more boredom and global supply chain any final words there before we switch gears mike yeah, just the last one, I think we didn't really touch
1: on all that much is, um, you know, TMS is a, uh, is a tool and an engine. Um, getting it to work most effectively for your company is, really depends on your ability to understand, view, and analyze what's coming out of it. And, um, you know, again, our, our most successful customers have somebody who really is paying attention to trend lines and kpis and is really has really got their 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 fingers and their eyeballs in the in the results mm. um, and using the uh you know sort of the outputs through dashboards and metrics to understand outliers to understand opportunities for improvement uh, and really to drive it so uh, it's one of the things that we've spent a lot of time on is is developing dashboards uh, that that um, Really give that customer that cup of coffee experience of stepping in, opening up the uh, the the laptop, and and seeing what's going on, you know, today, yesterday, and last week, Mm. in order to uh, to start pulling the right levers to to drive improvement.
0: Well said. I'm so glad you mentioned that because it really, uh, Crystal. That remind his his Mike's final thought there reminds me of, I think it was a second second best practice for making better TMS selection. So I'm going to add to his answer there know thyself and thy tms in a very holistic fashion crystal would you agree
2: i agree wholeheartedly and i love that you highlighted the ability to see the abnormal conditions that need the attention of the leaders mm-hmm.
0: hmm. <laughs> excellent call out crystal as always um and I really wish we had a couple more hours together, Mike. Um, I really appreciate your perspective, you and, and you and Crystal. Man, I, I feel like I'm in the middle of a quite a powerful dynamic duo here, uh, Mike. So this is what I captured. Uh, our team does our homework for each of these interviews, and uh, we came across something you shared. I think I think on social somewhere. I'm gonna quote you here. Uh, quote: In my professional life, I find no greater pleasure than in receiving notes and comments from customers praising individuals on my team for their expertise, contributions, and collaboration, end quote. I love that. I love the picture it paints. I love how that speaks to uh, who you are as a business leader. And as Crystal, as we were talking pre-show, recognition has also unfortunately been in short supply. We don't do it enough. But Mike, give us an example, a recent example of what you're speaking to there.
1: Uh It'd be hard for me to give you one. Um, it, it happens uh, routinely. I, I think I mentioned before that, you know, I've been really fortunate to have a uh, a team that's been together for a very long time. Uh, I did the math the other day and, and we've got a relatively small team. I think we've had uh, 10, uh, 10 kids born on the team over the last uh, 15 years, plus or minus. And wow. uh, so it's, you know, it really does feel like a family and, um, and, and, and and the, the, the reason they stick around is you know that uh, you know we we have an environment and 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 they created as much as anybody you know this this team really just works extremely well together, uh, and is, is focused on getting the job done and making sure the customer is, uh, is getting what they need out of uh, out of our solutions and services. Uh, so we we do routinely get uh, you know comments about our support desk, about our implementation team, about our carrier onboarding specialists. Um, you know, we've had uh, recent go lives in in Europe and, and we've got one coming up in APAC, um, and just a uh, really strong kudos from customers about, um, you know, the dedication of, uh, of the team to, you know, get them, get them over the goal line. Mm. Uh, so it is, uh, it's always extremely gratifying. And I, uh, you know, I defer, I defer an awful lot of decisions to, uh, to the team up and down the, um. Uh, the roster there and uh it, it pays dividends so it's been a really gratifying
0: uh, experience i believe it and we all stand on the shoulders of giants for sure chris i want to get your take here but before i do i want to share you know he referenced the goal line the finish line a couple times in his response there now i gotta tell you um we lost a titan of a leader sandra McQuillan, uh in in the last uh, few weeks and she taught me a very important lesson because I was bad about using this phrase for, for years. It's baked into my bones, I think, that there are no finish lines, especially when it comes to continuous improvement. And while a, a, there's a version of that, there is a lot of truth, she told me once as I was sitting across from her, and she said, oh, but there are finish lines. It's just when you cross it, the next race begins or, or something to that effect, right? <laughs> and Crystal, when we talk about recognition, and we talk about the demands that the market and industry have from us as practitioners, from our teams, our organizations. We can't let that take us away from what Mike's talking about, which is celebrating the wins and and recognizing the team for what they do day in and day out. Your thoughts, Crystal?
2: Yeah, no, I I really love um that your team seems to be very customer centric. And so they see themselves I I'm I'm at living here but they it seems that they see themselves as part of the customer's success. So the finish line is not just about getting the project to a finish line, but getting that customer to the level that they need. And so they consider that, and I I absolutely love that. And I love that they have a a leader in you, Mike, that understands the power of teamwork and Mm. the power of recognition, Uh, particularly, again, because we have gone through so much over the last few years, you know, a simple thank you, or great job, or thank you for hanging in there. Those things go such a long way um, in our space. Mm.
0: Crystal. Absolutely, we gotta say it louder for the folks in the back. What a great way to kind of wrap today's uh, conversation with Mike Skinner with CLX Logistics and CLX Technologies. On Mike, before we make sure folks know how to connect with you and your your um, world class team over there. Any any final thought on uh, collaboration? On you know uh, commitment to the uh, you know, customers goals, objectives, the journey, anything, any final comments before we make sure folks know how to reach out to you?
1: Um, no, I'd say, um, keep an open mind. Um, no, don't, don't, don't expect you got all the answers. Uh, keep, keep looking for uh, opportunities to, um, uh, to, 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 to get over those finish lines and, and start the next race.
0: Mm, love that Mike. And Hey, Global Supply Chain, Crystal and Mike, is not for the faint of heart. That's why you got you to work with the folks that can make it happen, especially in these tougher, more demanding industries like we've talked about here today in the chemical space. So, uh, Mike, really congrats on behalf of our entire team here at Supply Chain Now uh, and Crystal and I. Congrats on all of y'all's successes and your wins and your growth. Uh, if folks want to connect with you and talk shop or maybe, who knows, have a Manhattan with Mike Skinner. Uh, how, how can folks uh, connect with you and CLX, Mike?
1: Yeah, best best way is uh, through our our website, which is clxlogistics.com um, or uh, reach out to me directly. I'm uh, mskinner at clxlogistics.com. So I'd be happy to uh, hear from you.
0: It is just that easy. Big thanks to Mike Skinner, Vice President, CLX Technologies, which is part of the CLX logistics family. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, Scott. Thanks, Crystal. Really, really was a pleasure talking to you. Absolutely. Crystal, man, uh I loved this last hour or so. I really did enjoy it. Um, and I loved your one of your final comments there, Crystal, because as um someone told me once, it's it's uh millions of small nudges is how we move mountains. And when I think about what you just shared there about the power of thank you, the power of job well done, the high five, the pat on the back, whatever you do. And that that's what makes up those millions of nudges. Right. So, uh, Crystal, your favorite thing beyond uh, beyond what you were sharing today, some of that brilliance, Mike Skinner dropped. Oh, can I say a truckload? That's a bit of a pun, but a uh, no pun intended. Crystal, one of your favorite things you heard here from Mike Skinner with CLX today.
2: You know, uh, I struggled with that as I was thinking about it. At first, it was humility, but I think I've addressed that in my final comment. I think my second favorite was either planned or unplanned how CLX has really expanded their value proposition to become a center of excellence, to partner with a, a, a great company on a technology solution, to be able to increase their value to shippers, to customers. And also with data, like to be mm. data-driven and customer-centric. So I think that part for me was also my second favorite, just um, an increase in value proposition.
0: I'm with you. I am with you. That is a great uh, comment. What a, a great conversation we've had here that really, you know, as much apropos as it was about uh, transportation and chemical logistics, some of the bigger, broader, uh, universally – Um, uh, universal truce that we uh, tackled over the last hour. That that was probably some of my favorite uh, uh, parts of the conversation. So big thanks again, Mike Skinner with CLX Technologies, which is, again, part of CLX uh, Logistics, that family. Big thanks to Crystal Davis. Crystal, had a pleasure working with you here today. I can't wait for the next one.
2: Absolutely, Scott. It's always a pleasure to to co-host with you.
0: And to our listeners out there, hopefully you enjoyed this conversation as much as Crystal and I did. I'll tell you Mike brought it here today. But hey, whatever you do, take something that especially Mike or especially Crystal dropped here today and put it into action. It's about deeds, not words, right? And especially as 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 you heard some of the synergy here today, how can we make life easier for our team out there? So but whatever you do on behalf of our entire team here at supply chain now, Scott Luton, challenging you,